How do we pray for the child that is wounded, hurting, discouraged, maybe even depressed? How do we intercede for that child in prayer? That's what we're going to be talking about today on the Warrior Mama Podcast. Welcome to the Warrior Mama Podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. We are continuing our conversation about how do we intercede for our children? How do we pray for them standing in God's word? Last week, we talked about the first two ideas that are encompassed inside of a warrior mama's prayer journal, which is we're going to pray that the gospel bears fruit in their lives. And then we're going to be praying for their character. But this week, we're going to be talking about how do we intercede for them with the spiritual battle that is just raging around each one of our kids' lives. And then how do we pray for their future? How do we intercede for things that are yet to come that we can't even see how it's going to come? How do we pray for that now? And to what level do we pray? worry about that. Or maybe we don't worry about that until it comes, right? I remember holding my oldest in my arms and in one part praying for all parts of his life and another part wondering, does it, does it matter if right now I'm praying for who he's going to marry? And I knew in my spirit it did, but I didn't know exactly how to do that. And I certainly didn't understand anchoring that in God's word. But in the Warrior Mama's Prayer Journal, what we have done, what has been designed for you is that there's a whole week praying for the spiritual battle around your child and another whole week praying that your children will abide, that they will walk in the future direction of their lives in a way that is totally locked into God's word. Because there is great power, my friend, in standing in the Word of God as you pray for your children. And I want to say again, I've said it every week so far, God welcomes all of your prayers. He welcomes the prayers said in a panic when you're like, oh my gosh, Lord, please help us, help us, help us. He welcomes the prayers that are said in great fatigue of where you almost can't get any words out. We know we have the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us on our behalf when our hearts are broken and we have no idea what we should even be praying. But what I have learned is there is this value and there's an intimacy with Jesus that grows for me when I pray his word for my kids. When I pray it and I keep returning to the same truths and the same scripture passages saying, God, I am still praying this for this child. You see, when I begin to do that in a way that is 
I'm marking it down, where I'm seeing what I'm praying, and I can remember what I prayed last month, this month, then I also can see what God is doing in that area. And I desperately needed that with one of my kids specifically. One of my children has shared, even on this podcast several years ago, she has walked through seasons of her life in great discouragement, um, labeled with depression and anxiety, and even all the way up through thoughts of just ending it all and wondering if this life was worth it. And we walked through many, many dark years with her. And my heart grieves for you if you are walking in those spaces with a child, because I know, I know what it feels like to get to bed at night and just plead for their lives and just cry out and ask God to encourage them and comfort them and walk with them. I, I know it. I understand the spiritual battle that is around each one of our kids. Some of our kids, we can see it because they struggle with stuff like that. Some of our kids, we don't see it, but the battle is no less there. It's no less present. And sometimes I would say maybe even a little more dangerous because they just look completely oblivious. And the enemy has a great way of numbing our kids, and making them feel like they don't need God and they don't need Jesus. You know, one of the testimonies of that daughter's life is that she became desperate for Jesus. He was her only hope. And so it drove her back to him. And sometimes our kids are in spiritual battles where they're numb, where they don't think God is really that needed. By them. He can be an added on thing, but he's not central. So I understand what it means to pray fiercely on behalf of your children, but I'm going to tell you that this battle needs to be engaged praying the word of God over your child's life. It cannot be engaged with us just praying only our own words. They're not nearly as powerful as God's word. And so if you're going to desire to stand up as a warrior mother on behalf of your child, and we are saying this phrasing that I am calling you out to be a warrior mama because I'm calling you to stand on God's word. I am calling you to be equipped with the armor of God, and I am asking you to learn to stand in his truth because there is an enemy and he is raging after you. He is desperate to destroy your family, and he wants nothing more than to convince your child that there is no need for Jesus. And you know what? We need to stand on God's word. In some ways, I feel like we're like the last bastion. (laughs) We're like the last outcropping, standing here, doing war with an enemy who just wants to walk all over all of us. So I'm, I'm saying to you right now, the enemy wants to discourage and destroy your child. It's what he seeks out after. I'm convinced of it. I've seen it at work, not just with that child, with many of my kids. And he comes at them in different ways because he's smart. He's been studying mankind 
for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. There is nothing unique about your child in that regard. He knows your child's weak spots. He knows how to get in there with lies, with half-truths, with just encouragement. It doesn't matter. And so you and I need to stand fighting from a place of victory, right? We battle on our child's behalf in prayer. You see, you and I are stand victorious. We're victorious. We stand with Jesus. And in some ways, we stand with our armor blocking our children. So when I walk with my kids spiritually, there is a very real picture that I hold in my mind that I believe God gave me to understand motherhood and to understand how to walk with my kids and move them from being 100% dependent on me as if they were an infant in their walk with Jesus to being their own warrior on the battlefield. And the way that that is, is just like you think about, we put our babies on our chest, right? We wrap them up into a swaddling thing and walk around with them all day, right? That's where they love to be. They love to be right against our heart. They're soothed there. They take great naps and our arms are free. We can be very busy still as moms. I want you to think about that imagery on a battlefield. So when your child is an infant in the faith or they're lost, the first place that they are is tied to you on the battlefield. And you are the one who's blocking every arrow coming at the both of you. It is your sword. It's your word of God that needs to slay the the enemy as he begins to advance. It's your shield of faith. It's your breastplate of righteousness because this child is an infant. They're a baby. And so you stand in the gap. But as that child begins to grow in their faith, so they've come to know Jesus and they begin to grow in their faith, the next place that they need to do is they need to learn how to stand up on their own, right? It would do. It would be weird if, if we were all walking around and we were having our four, five, six-year-olds in a carrier on our back. They would never develop the muscles they need to stand if all they did was hang on to us. And in the same physical way that we teach our children to walk when they're between one and two, we teach our spiritual children how to walk and how to stand up. But it is still our shield of faith that is surrounding both of us. They are right there against your leg, arm probably locked around your leg, right? Every conversation about everything they're experiencing runs through the filter of who Jesus is because you lead that conversation, because you pray for eyes to see those conversations. And then as they grow, though, you begin to equip them with their own shield of faith. You're teaching them what it means to have faith. You're teaching them how to hold and use the Word of God for themselves. That's why that fearless pillowcase that I made, I made because I'm teaching my children to not be afraid at night. And I'm doing that by saying, you get to claim this scripture. It's on your pillowcase and pray it out loud. 
pray it out loud here with me. And if at 10 o'clock at night you wake back up and you're afraid, pray it out loud then. Learn how to appropriate and pray God's word for yourself. Pick up your sword. That's what we're teaching our children. But ultimately, the goal on the battlefield is our children aren't all huddled behind us as we do the battle. The goal is that they become a battalion that spreads out across the battlefield as they engage in culture and in life apart from us, standing firm in the word of God, right? So when we are praying for them in a spiritual battle, we need to understand, number one, where they are. What what position are they occupying? Are they mature enough in their faith that they've moved away from you and they just need to be reminded to pick up their sword again, put their helmet of salvation back on their head straight? They've gotten it a little askew because the enemy's been banging them about something like that or their breastplate of righteousness has had a few hits to it and they need to be reminded to put their shield of faith in front. Like We can have those conversations if our children are there, but when we are praying for their spiritual battle, we are praying all of these truths for them. We have an enemy who is prowling around like a roaring lion. He wants to deceive and he wants to destroy. You know, Jesus even said, I do not, this is what he prayed in John 17, 15. He said, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. That is a powerful prayer we can pray for our kids. Jesus prayed that for you and for me because he knew there's an evil one that is seeking to to destroy us. And he can't destroy us for eternity because we're redeemed, we're saved. But he absolutely can discourage and demoralize us right now. And he can do the same thing for your children. He wants to. So we are praying, the first thing we're praying this whole week, this third week in the prayer journal, we are praying that our children will be protected in spiritual battles. Not that the spiritual battle won't come, because the spiritual battle will come. That's that's not the, the question. It's not, God, please don't let there be any spiritual battles for my child. The prayer that we pray is, God, I pray that you will help them to see the spiritual battle, to see the enemy, to understand their identity, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives, that is what we're praying this week. Because when they understand the power that the Holy Spirit offers them, when you and I understand the power that the Holy Spirit offers us, the battle changes, doesn't it? Because we remember again, wait a minute, I walk from a place of victory. I stand not from a place of condemnation, I stand wholly redeemed, a child of God. Even in this onslaught that says I'm not enough, I'm not worth it, we can stand in truth. And we want to pray the same thing for our children. So that's this third week. We are praying for the spiritual battlefield that is around our kids. And this is a week that I'm telling you, if you've never prayed this way for your child, you need to get this prayer journal just for this one week. You need to learn how to pray God's word for over the life of your child, over their heart, over their mind, over their actions. You need to pray God's word for them. And so we've set aside many scriptures every day 
over that week that you would return to month after month, you know, the 17th day of every month starts the spiritual battlefield. And so you would pray these scriptures for your child. And then the last week, what are we praying that last week? Well, we're learning the value of interceding for our kids, of praying consistent prayers on their behalf with a vision forward of where God is leading them. So we know vision-wise, we know he will. there will be battles, and we're praying on their behalf, even for battles yet to come. It's hard to see a spiritual battle around our two-year-old's life. It's super easy to see, to see a spiritual battle around our 13-year-old's life. But we're praying ahead of time because we know that it is coming. And we also know that God already hears and will answer our prayers now for what is to come. But then this fourth thing, this fourth week, we are going to be praying for our children to learn to abide. We are praying for our children to mature in their walk with Jesus. Even when they are infants and maturity seems very far away. I know that most of us with young children, we hear all the time, it used to just drive me crazy. I was just in the thick of raising all these babies and somebody would say, well, it goes so fast. And I'm like, well, not fast enough. Today seems very long. But we can, in the middle of the chaos of little people and all the demands that that brings, We can, in the craziness of car line years, where we're just running from dropping and picking. You know, that's what I usually tell my husband on those days. I'm like, well, all I did was drop and pick. Picking up and dropping off and picking up and dropping off and organizing and moving that Tetris board around to get everybody where they need to be and call in all my favors with all my friends to move the kids where they need to be and pick up other people's front kids. And in that chaos, we can be praying for things yet to come. Because we're going to stand on what it says, even in Isaiah 61, 3, that our children will become oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he will be glorified in them. And there is not a single oak tree that starts out as a magnificent oak tree. They start out as twigs that look pitiful. And if you've heard me ever share that talk when I... I love to share that talk at churches and at conferences about learning the difference with how God grows and and fashions our children from what I thought he should do. So I thought my child should just immediately like look like this beautiful spiritual planting. And I was disappointed, honestly, in my kid And definitely in myself thought I'd failed it. And God had to take me to task and give me his vision for my child, which was that he was at work creating oaks of righteousness from Isaiah 61, 3. That they would be a planting that would glorify God for generations to come. Not this quickly grown, short-lived tree quick plumage and quick, you know, whatever, greenery, but didn't live long with very unstable root systems. We need to be praying for our children in the long term because we are the ones who grant the vision that God gives us for our child's life. We can speak that out over our children, but we need to be praying that for our child. So the way that we pray that 
is we begin to pray, not that our children are going to be well-behaved or high achieving or get all these accolades in the eyes of the world. That's not what we're praying. We're praying that they will center their lives on his word and the hope of the gospel. We're praying that they will have wisdom and discernment that comes from him. We're praying for our children to bear fruit because they send out their roots deep into a soil that is nourished by the streams of his living water. That's what we're praying for our children. And we're praying it now, no matter what their age is, no matter how far away it seems like that stage of life will be, we pray it now. We pray for their friendships. We pray for their future decisions over job and college or no college and what kind of a career and who are they going to marry. These big things are because our children either are choosing to center their lives around Jesus or they're not. So we're going to be praying that they will. These prayers are ongoing prayers. We get to more and more refine them as we watch our children grow and learn and develop. But from the beginning, be praying these prayers anchored in God's word. It's not enough to just say, God, help my child, whoever they marry one day to know you. I mean, that's a, that's a credible prayer. I've prayed it. God listens to that prayer. We've known that. We've already talked about that, that God will listen to all of our prayers. But it is powerful when we say, God, you make known to my son the path of life. God, make your presence be where his heart has fullness of joy. Help him understand that staying right next to you brings him pleasures forevermore. In his marriage, in his career, let it all be motivated from knowing your path of life. See, that's Psalms 1, 1 through 3. When we pray that scripture for our child, it is different. And then when I speak into my child, I'm not speaking about, hey, you need to make a good decision so you get into a good school one day. No, I'm saying, you know, buddy, what does it look like to follow God's path for you? What does it look like that when you're following God's path, there is so much joy for you, that the Bible promises you there's a fullness of joy? and pleasures forevermore when you stay right next to God. What do you think that would look like as you're making choices now of what you're going to study? See, that changes the language of what I'm speaking into and over my child's life as I'm leading them and guiding them in wisdom and discernment because I am praying God's word. So I'm standing in the fullness of God's word. That's what I'm going to be praying for his decision-making. I want him to understand that God offers the path of life, that God offers joy, that God offers pleasures forevermore. So I better figure out how my decisions line up with God, right? I want my son or my daughter to be a Psalms 1, 1 through 3 kind of person. And I know you do too. 
So let's pray Psalms 1, 1 through 3 over the life of our child. And so the 27th of every day, of every month, you return to that passage of Scripture. And there are several others that sit there as well. But we want to be praying this because this is the way that then when we speak into our child, when we can counsel them on not making unwise or flippant decisions, but really considering, is this God's path of life for me? It changes things. And so if I can encourage you right now to understand you have been given a beautiful and a sacred gifting to pray for your child or your children. Nobody can do it better than you, Mama. You and your husband get to pray for your kids in a way that is more intimate than anybody else will pray for them until they they get married. And you get to do it their entire life. Everybody else intersects your child at some point after you. You're the only one who's known them from the beginning. Pray for your child. Pray God's word for your child. You don't have to get my journal. I'm telling you, though, for me personally, it has changed the way I pray. It has changed the way I see God's word. I read God's word looking for promises. I can pray for my kids that I'm in the the days and whatever we're facing right now. Pray God's word for your children. Intercede on their behalf. It is worth it. And what you will find is that month after month when you return and you'll read back over last month's prayers and the month before that's prayers and the month before that, you may have forgotten what was going on back in May, if it's now October. But when you see it written down, it will take your breath away because God is at work in your child's life. He is an intimate God. And he is at work. He wants to draw people to him. So if your child is not saved and you're like, well, Bethany, my kid's not saved and they're 28. My kid's just rejecting the faith. You can pray God's word. You don't even have to have a good relationship with your child. You can be praying and interceding on their behalf. They don't have to know this. The design of this journal is such that And I see so many women catch this vision. They hold the journal in their hands, and they're like, one day this could be a gift I could give my child back. And so if you are a parent right now of a prodigal child, can I tell you, pray God's word for your child. And stand even on this book and say, God, I am praying. I'm going to pray this journal for my child for a full year, and I'm going to trust you that one day I can hand this journal to that child and say, this is how much God loves you. He answers all. All these prayers on your behalf. That is a beautiful statement to your child. I know that walking with my child who really struggled, it would have been a heartbeat. I would have loved to have already had this journal in its fullness of its form when I was praying in those deep, dark, terrible days for her. Because so many prayers got answered. And I see them. They're written in all sorts of journals, but they're not all condensed into one that I can gift to her and say, this is how much God loves you. He answers prayers because he is committed to you and will be every day. 
This journal, Warrior Mama's Prayer Journal, is available. You can get it at bethanykimsey.co. The link is down below. You can find me on Instagram and connect with me there. I love hearing your stories of what God is already doing with this journal. Just yesterday, somebody shared with me that they are already, so they are barely a month into this journal. And she is like, Bethany, I am already seeing changes in my family's life, in the way that we are functioning and loving one another and the dynamics. She goes, and I know it's all because I've changed my heartbeat about prayer. It's just me praying differently. And I am telling you, God's word does not return void. It will go out and accomplish what it has been set out to do. Pray God's word over your children's lives, my friend. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other warrior mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that he is growing you in him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.